0: Hey guys, Joy and Lyle here, and welcome to the Sustainable Jungle podcast, where we talk to inspiring people working to future-proof our planet. Our guest today is Hayden Wood. You can find him on Twitter at HaydenWD, that's H-A-Y-D-E-N-W-D, at Bulb Energy, or check out the website, bulb.co.uk. Hayden is the co-founder and CEO of the award-winning renewable energy provider, Bulb that has seen a meteoric rise in the UK energy market over the last three years. We had a great discussion with Hayden on a number of topics, including his personal journey to becoming a co-founder of a successful renewable energy startup, the state of the UK energy market and how renewables are challenging the status quo, what the secret sauce is behind Bulb's impressive growth, and his advice on getting a next-gen startup off the ground. So, without further ado, Hayden Wood.
1: Hayden, welcome to our show and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. You are the co founder of Bulb Energy, an award winning renewable energy provider in London that has seen wild growth over the last three years, convincing 300,000 consumers to switch from the traditional big six bit energy providers. Before we learn a little bit more about the state of energy in the UK and Bulb, we'd love to learn a little bit more about you and what's brought you to this point. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, where you were born, and where you grew up?
2: hi yeah sure thanks very much for having me um so so i'm hayden i'm one of the co-founders of bulb i grew up in kent uh in the uk so outside london um and before founding bulb um what did i do i was a management consultant for about 10 years i spent five years working at a company called monitor group and then five years uh working at bain and it was um yeah, it was one of my clients at Bain that was an energy company that kind of gave me and my co-founder Amit the idea for how you could make an energy company a bit better if you use modern technology.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I bet you're exposed to a ton of different business models and things going wrong. Uh, mm. So so, what hap- so, you, so you were inspired by, um, by working for, for a client of yours that was, that was an energy energy provider. What happened mm. after that?
2: Um, yeah, so, uh, I guess bulb is the, the, like a sort of, yeah, like a, (laughs) like a snowball rolling down the hill. It just sort of accumulated. Um, we used to meet up after work and talk, talk about the energy industry as you do over a beer. And then we would, um, then we would start meeting up at the, at the weekends because we thought it was just really interesting how, um consumers were getting such bad service, and how uh the costs seemed so high in this industry, and nothing was really being done to reduce them and then um then yeah, then we started taking like holiday time to work on it uh and then eventually we both yeah we both left our jobs and and um started working on the project full time so it was it was really just the kind of you know <laughs> we were just so curious about. This in this industry, this you know, we all use energy to keep our homes warm and cook our dinner, and and uh, and it just wasn't really being provided to homes in a very um, efficient efficient way. So we we wanted to make that better, and that's that's what we are trying to do with Bob.
1: Oh well, I'm sure that there are many customers out there that are very happy that you did. Uh, <laughs> w- w- were you nervous? I mean, it's quite intimidating, I would imagine, to take on the big six energy providers in the UK.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's really scary. They're um, massive companies with huge resources and uh, they've been doing it for a really long time. And, you know, you're sort of like two people in a kitchen um, with a laptop, one Excel model and one PowerPoint presentation. And so that that stage is really scary. Um, It's also scary when you know, you've launched and there's five of you in the office and, um, you know, the folks, when the phone rings and it's a customer, everyone kind of jumps up and is surprised by it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but the thing that's really struck me is just how, how much things have changed in say the last one to two years. There's now, there's now a hundred people that work at bulb. They are the most talented um, like fantastic team of people um i 've ever worked with and so it's it 's a lot less scary now that um now that there's this yeah there's this brilliant team of people working on working on the project with us
0: just turning to the industry in general Hayden, would you mind giving us an overall picture of how the energy industry works cool so so what what happens in the
2: energy industry so there's uh there 's basically uh say um Four four different stages in the, in the value chain for the, for the energy industry. Um, the first one is that there's generation. So there's people that own wind turbines or solar plants or, uh, in the old days, coal, uh, power stations. And they, you know, they own those, they own those assets. Um, and those things generate electricity. Um, what then happens is the, the companies that own those assets sell, sell, the, uh, sell that output of, um, of, of electricity, and, and this also happens in, in gas as well. Um, and so there are, the second stage is, the, is what's called the wholesale trading stage, where different generators who have created this electricity and gas will also then be selling it on to, um, to the next stage in the value chain. Um, then that, that, next stage in the value chain is, is retail. So there's companies, uh, like, like bulb that have customers who, um, who are using electricity and gas in their homes and they, uh, that, that electricity and gas usage is, is measured. Um, and then they, they're charged for it. Um, and then the the final step in the value chain is, uh, is distribution and transmission. So I think one of the most incredible inventions or pieces of infrastructure that we have are the, the electricity and gas grids. So that takes um, that takes energy from where it's being being generated at the, the first stage in the value chain and, and transports it to where it's being used.
0: Just going back to the first stage in the value chain, Hayden, did you and your partner initially want to create your own generator in the form of a wind turbine in hackley london well yeah so we um we were one of the things that that sort of upset us was that
2: renewable energy was being was perceived as a luxury was, was perceived as something that needed to be really expensive um and the reason for that perception was because in the in if you look if you you onto a price comparison site and looked at all the different energy suppliers there would be you know, the renewable supplies would be quite high cost. Um, but then in the wholesale energy markets, when you look, when a generator, um, is producing energy and then selling it to someone else, there isn't much of a price difference between renewable energy and conventional fossil fuel energy. So what we didn't understand was why consumers were paying a lot for this thing. Um, whereas the, the generators of it weren't, weren't being paid paid much at all for for what they were producing um and so the one of the first ideas that we had was we said well why don't we um why don't we generate our own electricity in in hackney um which is a sort of part of east london um and we'll build a a wind turbine in hackney and then all of the electricity that's generated by that wind turbine will sell locally and we'll just cut out the uh the the profiteering middleman um and uh, and we sort of we really thought that was a kind of good idea but then, <laughs> but um but then it, we realized that it was just going to take so long to do things to get things like planning permission to let's say we wanted to move beyond Hackney we wanted to move we wanted to make an affordable renewable energy available to everyone in the UK it, which, as the two of us it, it would be a very very long and drawn out process um to start building all of that all of that generation ourselves so instead we thought that the best thing to do would be to create demand for renewables and then believe that the market if there's demand for renewable energy then there will be other entrepreneurs and other um other 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 businesses that will build this generation um and and it'll take thousands of thousands of people to to do that um but you can have a much bigger effect on the whole system if you make it easier and faster for consumers to switch to renewable energy, which is what we're trying to do.
0: Absolutely. And I understand independent energy providers are making serious inroads. Uh, based on a tweet of yours that I read a couple of weeks ago, more than 20% of households are now supplied by independent energy providers which has grown incredibly fast from the less than 1% it was in 2012. What do you think is driving this change? And to what extent is it related to renewable energy? Um, I, um, I don't think a huge amount of it
2: is driven by re- renewable energy, to be honest. I think the, the biggest um, part of this is cost. So before Bulb launched, less than 1% of homes in the UK were, we're buying renewable energy, and that number is now up to something like four percent. Wow, which is a good, which is a really good thing. But it's still, it's still quite a small, small percentage, right? That's not four percent. It's not as big as the, the as, as as the twenty percent um, that we just mentioned, which is the number of homes that have switched to an independent supplier recently. And I think the main driver of uh, of this, of of, of sort of consumers switching away from the, 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 the incumbent, um, the supplier that used to be a, a sort of a privatized national, national business, um, is because people can get a cost saving. So people can save about 20% on their, on their bills. If they go with an energy supplier that's more efficient in the way it operates.
0: Um,
2: and 20% is a lot. It's a lot of money. You know, it's like two, two to 300, pounds a year that's uh, a huge, huge amount yeah that, that people get and, and at a time when you know people aren't necessarily able to save up for a deposit on their first house or these sorts of things that that type of saving is a is a is a good thing to make so the yeah the main the number one thing is is cost and then there's other factors as well like really good customer service and renewable energy that come in as a as a sort of second and third order factor
0: yeah in in, a, in an article that was posted on the Bulb website, it was very interesting to learn that 2017, I guess it makes a lot of sense, that 2017 was the greenest year ever in the UK and that Britain had its first coal-free day since 1882, Yeah, which is amazing when you think about that. But um, it, it sort of implies that we could move to 100% or close to 100% renewables today but I understand 23% still comes from coal. How long do you think it will be before the UK is 100% renewable, if ever?
2: Well, it all depends on how, you're, how you look at those numbers. So um, the UK doesn't have 23% coal if you average it over the full year, it's less than that. Um, but on certain days when it's extremely cold, um, you might, you might find that there's more, um, more energy being generated by the more expensive and dirtier forms of generation. Um, so we, we think that, uh, today renewables account for about 30% of the grid, we, we think that over the next 10 years that that can, that can double. Um, and then I think, uh, and then, yeah, and so, and, and to, to be honest, um, whenever people have predicted um, how much power is going to be generated by renewable sources, they've always underestimated it. So there's, there's, there's a chance that it could be even faster than that. We're now we're now we're now at such that we're now, at such a, we're now at a really interesting time when if you if you're choosing to build uh, an electricity a uh, plant that's, that's generating electricity based from burning gas, or an electricity plant that's generating electricity using solar panels, it's kind. There's, they're basically the same cost now. So the cost of installing the equipment um, for both of the, and, and then in the case of gas, you know, purchasing the gas and burning it, the cost of those two, uh, the cost of those two things are, are, rel- are, are almost exactly the same, which is, which is. Um, which I think is why sometimes we talk about tipping points, and uh, you know the, the pace of change maybe maybe speeding up, because once it goes, once it becomes cheaper to build renewable, there's just well, just, there's just be no point in um, no point in doing an, anything else, would there?
0: No, absolutely not. And I just want to circle back to that point that you made about the the fact that uh, th- there's a parity of prices between these types of energies. Now, I understand the big six, despite these wholesale electricity prices having dropped, have actually increased their prices. So the consumer at the end point are are not feeling the benefits of this. Why is that? Why are they basically doing something that's counterintuitive to what the market is pricing it at?
2: Um, Well, wholesale energy prices haven't dropped. They have gone, they have gone, they've gone, uh, they go up and down. So there were, there were when the big six energy companies were increasing their prices, there was a reason for them to do that. Wholesale energy prices ha- had gone up. So I understand why they, why they were doing that. But the thing you have to remember is where, the, where, where their prices are and where they're increasing them from. So for an average sized home, that's using the average amount of energy, um, each year, if you're on a, uh, a standard tariff with one of those big six energy suppliers in the UK, you would be spending, um, around 1,150 pounds a year. And so, uh, so that's, what's that, that's almost a hundred pounds a month. Yeah. Um, if you were with one of the challenger energy companies, a company like a company like bulb, to get exactly the same energy, you would have to spend about eight hundred and
0: seventy pounds gee that's a fair bit of saving
2: yeah which is a which is a which is a really big saving and um and so i i cannot you know I can understand that when wholesale energy costs go up, the big six energy suppliers need to increase their increase their prices but what what we can't understand at bulb is why. Their prices are 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 so high. Yeah, we don't, underst- we don't understand how it it costs. Um, yes, how it costs so much so much more money to, for them to supply uh, a home with energy than it does does the bulb because the raw the cost of the raw materials, the cost of the electricity and gas is is the same.
1: And Hayden, you you mentioned recently um, on on the bulb website as well about the the cost of renewable energy actually being cheaper than most people think. That that's quite exciting. That's quite a exciting idea. I guess the the price is dropping over time. Are are there any other major reasons for that coming down quite quickly?
2: Um, Well, it's just the more and more, yeah. There is that there is this myth, right, that renewable energy has to be more expensive, but the fact is, it doesn't, and it isn't, and it's coming down much more quickly than any other any other form of energy generation. So. And, that, and the 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 reason that those costs come down is because of these things called experience curves which is i guess a bit of management consultant jargon so I apologize <laughs> for that but 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 you know renewable energy is is a manufactured technology so just like with microchips when solar panels are being built or when wind turbine blades are being built the more that are manufactured the the more people learn about cheaper ways of manufacturing them or you know smarter ways of putting the putting the units together or smarter smarter lower cost ways of installing them and so as as we gain more and more experience in these manufactured technologies um, it becomes much cheaper to produce the next the next unit so if, within within solar power for every doubling of experience the cost of producing a solar panel um, comes down by about twenty three percent
1: jeez that's huge which, that's is, which
2: is which is like really big um, it's about the same for lithium ion batteries as well so there's a there's a big there are big experience uh effects from from that manufacturer um, so if you imagine that all of the all of the laptop batteries, all of the phone batteries, all of the batteries that are produced in the world for every, um, every time they 're being made we 're learning better, smarter ways of, of making them, and then those batteries can also um, help us store energy that 's uh, you know, used in one part of the, being generated in one part of the day and then use it in the next, which is a really important thing for re- renewables as well. And then the other the other experience curve is, is in wind energy, um, which is a bit slower than, uh, than than solar panels. It's it's nearer ten percent, but that's still uh, a massive a massive reduction. So if you imagine that, that we're it, we're always we're increasing the amount of renewable generation that's being installed, so those those figures they just that they what they mean is that the cost will come down over time.
0: That's fantastic and very exciting. And just a question about, I see 10% of bulbs' gas comes from renewable sources. Why Why is it only 10% of that gas is renewable and what would need to happen to increase that number? Sure.
2: So, um renewable gas is a brand new technology really it's not it's not as uh, developed as solar or uh wind electricity and so what that means is that you know right now we are um, we're buying as much as we can but there really isn't that much renewable gas to uh to go around so the really good thing is that by having 10 percent renewable gas in our in, in our offering to our customers it means that every customer that that joins bulb it means that we have to go out there and find more renewable gas and there are new renewable gas plants that are being built all the time in order to meet that demand yeah um and but the reason it's 10 percent and not 100 percent is just because there isn't there isn't that much there isn't that much out there
1: and it sounds like in, it's in, a in the str- uk at least a strange a strange i think we read that the plant in the uk turns local maize and and wet pig slurry into bio-metha- biomethane gas is that right
2: yeah so the way we love it because it's it's it takes waste products and it turns them into something useful
1: That's cool. so
2: um so there could be um plant plant waste or pig slurry Um, and those things are, uh, yeah, they're left to basically they're left to rot in the absence of oxygen. And then that creates, uh, that creates methane. That methane is then, uh, is, is a different form of gas to, um, to the, you know, the natural gas that comes out of the ground. So that methane for, for it to work in your, you know, in your gas cooker or your, or your boiler at home, it needs to be refined, um, which it is, uh, and then it's fed into
0: the gas network. That's amazing. And um, and talking about amazing things, uh, there was another article that I saw on Bulb's website that listed a bunch of noteworthy things that are happening around the world, including Jaguar and Land Rover offering all of their cars in electric or hybrid by 2020, the super positive commitments that came out of Bond with, I think it was 19 different states, all pledging to phase out coal. Does it feel to you that there's a real groundswell of positive energy coming together on addressing climate change? I think that there are there's
2: so many there's so many different factors at play. So that that the, the fact that so many European car manufacturers have come out and said that they they you know they're gonna transform themselves into electric vehicle companies in the future. The the fascinating thing about that is that it's a it's a shift in Chinese Chinese policy uh, on imports ah. that has meant that all of those companies they know that if they are gonna, if they are going to sell cars in China in the future, they're going to need to be electric. So so those some of those changes are um, are really the
0: result of the of, yeah, of <laughs> Chinese government policy. Yeah, right. It's good, good for them. So not really consumer <laughs> um, demand, but Chinese policy.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then the other um, you know that maybe that's me being cynical. Um, <laughs> and then, and then, like going back to renewable energy, you know, one of the reasons that so many people have uh, switched to Bob's renewable energy is not the fact that it's renewable; it's the fact that there's great service and it's low cost. So, in a way, oh, I don't want to sound sort of too down in the dumps, but I think that this renewable revolution is just—it's occurring because um, it's—it makes economic sense. Yeah. It's mm. not. It's not. It's not the kind of sock and sandal wearing, you know, that are doing this because of um, because it's the right thing to do. I mean, we, you know, it is the right thing to do, and we and we love uh, the people who have that sense of responsibility. But I think one of the things that's making it a mass movement is that um, is that it just makes economic sense.
0: Absolutely. I mean, money talks at the end of the day, doesn't it? And while we're on that point, I'm just going to hand over to Joy. I think she wants to dive into bulb a little bit further with you Hayden
1: yes I, okay I want to I want to know more about bulb I'm I I think bulb is the coolest thing ever so um can you please share a little bit more about how bulb actually works and, and touch on where specifically the the renewable energy that bulb uses or the bulb, bulb supplies comes from
2: yeah yeah sure so uh so a little bit about bulb so bulb there's there's a hundred of us. Um, we are based in East London um, on this road called Hanbury Street, which is uh, just next to Brick Lane.
1: Oh, cool! Um,
2: which is a very famous, famous road in London. Um, we uh, <laughs> we're in we're on the fourth floor of a building where we where we have maybe five thousand upturned felt hats on the ceiling in quite <laughs> kind of quirky co-working <laughs> space. Um, we. Uh, there's about, there's a hundred of the team. There's about half of us working, uh, energy specialists we're called. So we work and we sort of work on operations and support our members. There's about a third of us who are software engineers, designers, researchers, um, working the technology team. And then there's, uh, a group of other people doing, you know, um, growth and, uh, and finance and people and stuff like that. And, um, and what did we do? So, so we launched the company in 2015. That's when we first started supplying homes and we now have something like 320,000 members. Um, the really different thing about bulb is that we've grown. Our members are, our members are amazing. They, uh, they are extremely generous with their feedback and are constantly helping us come up with like ideas for ways that we make things better Um, they're also a big driving force behind how word has got out about bulb so we we wouldn't be here if we weren't for our members who have been kind of referring bulb and and get signing up their friends and family Um, and uh the other thing that that, that's worth mentioning is you know bulb is a we are We're a supplier, so we're a fully licensed off gem supplier, but we don't own the generation. We want to have a community of generators that we support with the demand from our customers um, and so there are uh, there are renewable sites up and down the u k where we will be purchasing power from those renewable sites in, and on our website, you can see the the bulb generator community
1: yeah it's super cool. we love the um the video of the the bulb um on the bulb youtube channel of the Firstons, who are a lovely couple that run the old walls hydro in dartmoor it's yeah. super cool so to me that that felt like a little bit otherworldly because you come to think of energy providers and big industry as this sort of um impersonal you know machine and then on the bulb youtube <laughs> channel you get these like wonderful people that are like generating uh, energy from from their little river on their property um, and feeding well, them yeah, into the grid. Yeah, exactly.
2: That's the thing that's so exciting about how energy is changing. You don't need to have these massive power stations with, with these huge chimneys spewing smoke into the air. Instead, there can, you, know, you can have small-scale solar generation, small-scale hydro, and for that generation of, of energy to be much more, uh, it's called embedded generation is the industry uh, okay. jargon for it, but it's just much more um, distributed within, within the grid um and i think i think that's a that's a good thing because it sort of removes removes the concentration um of where that power is um in the in 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 the market we think
1: that's so cool how do you find these small energy providers out there i mean that that's i know they are they more and more coming on board is it is it almost like a i can imagine it's like a little bit of a movement for people to start Doing this, kind of like the way that you uh, that you thought of doing originally, as being a generator with a hydro with a hydro setup, is it starting yeah, to sort of take new, foot? Yeah,
2: I mean the rate of the rate that renewable energy is being installed in in the UK is is faster than ever before. Um, we are there are lots and lots of small generators. There are also we're seeing that there are lots of forward thinking scandinavian utilities who are building these large offshore wind farms in in the uk um the uk is one of the world leaders in offshore wind so um so there's all sorts of different um all sorts of different companies that are contributing to to installing um installing new generation
1: something just so nice about that i really like it And um, yeah but okay, now I want to chat about the the customer side of bulb. So bulb has really managed to build an incredible reputation for customer service. And actually, long before we met you, Hayden, and before we 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 wanted to interview you, uh, we actually switched to bulb for one of the big six energy providers, and it was <laughs> the most literally like the easiest sign up process I've ever experienced for anything, any provider of anything, really. And and I promise <laughs> that I'm not just saying that. I at the time it's I true, was like yeah, genuinely true. super <laughs> impressed. And then we and then we've recently left the UK, so we had to sh- close down our, our account. And again, it was like the, the super easy process. Um, I was with the big six energy provider before, and it literally took me I think three days of my life in hours, like the equivalent of hours, to close that account because they messed everything up and it was just such a nightmare. Um, but with Bulb, it was just like all technology-based. You just had to put in your your readings at the end of your time. And then there was some super nice person that would email and say, it's all done and you're all you're set to go and we'll just debit your account with the last bill. And so I didn't even have to think about it It was such a super easy thing. Um, and time is the most valuable commodity these days. So that's, I think many of your customers would appreciate that. But can you explain? Uh, th- this doesn't feel like an accident to me. So, can you explain why Bulb decided to put the customer at the center of everything that they do?
2: Um, I mean, I can't imagine not doing that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we. So, so we we want we we think that business is a good way of organizing people and doing things, but one of the problems with businesses traditionally is that a business is there and it's sort of there to make profit for its shareholders. And that some, sometimes that can lead to uh, uh, bad decisions being made. So it can mean that companies pollute the environment or it can mean that companies, um, you know, deliver bad service or it can mean that companies overbook airplanes and mean that if everybody turns up you know somebody has to get bumped off or it can mean that the energy supply has a cool waiting time of 15 minutes before you can get through to someone who can help solve your problem and we um we we just we we when we were starting bulb we just thought that we would try and create a company that takes all all sorts of stakeholders into consideration so we 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 sort of drew out this table, um, uh, early on where, where we said, right, what, what is bold going to do what, differently or better for each of, for each of these different audiences? And we just started off in these four, four columns. We said, um, the first column was, uh, our customers, we wanted to do something that was a really positive thing for our customers because energy isn't, uh, it's not a kind of, um, a discretionary product really, you, you, you know, you need to have energy in your home to have light and heat. So we think it's important that the customer has a good experience. Um, the second audience, uh, that's super important to us is, um, the team that work at bulb. Hmm. Uh, we wanted to make really, really good jobs for that team. And we wanted to treat people fairly, um, and for it to be a fun and rewarding place to work. And then the, the third audience, um, uh, was, the environment and the community and the sort of not necessarily, um, not necessarily people who have a direct relationship with the company. Um, but we are all operating within a wider, a wider group. Um, and then the, the fourth audience was shareholders, um, which is traditionally the, you know, the, the, most, the, the only or the most important audience. And, and so whenever, when we set out the objectives for or the mission for the company and, when we When we kind of make decisions at bulb about what the right thing to do is, we always look at it through those those four lenses and I think it really helps us to to sort of make sure that we 're not that we 're being empathetic and we're not we 're not being too introverted so let maybe, maybe i 'll give an example so just just recently um, we had an extremely yeah there's a bit there's a few contradictions in this so bear, bear with me so <laughs> just recently we had an extremely busy period where some of our customers were our members were calling us and they were waiting for about two two to five minutes on the phone to get through to us um which is way way longer than uh than the 10 seconds it normally takes um those those wait times didn't didn't that period of that really busy period of time didn't last very long, but it, but it was, it was something, you know, was something that lasted a couple of weeks. So we, um, we didn't feel right about that. So everyone, we, we went through our records and every single person that had to wait, uh, to get through to us, we sent, um, we sent an email, an apology email. And then if people had to wait a long time, we sent them compensation. Um, so we just gave them a a credit on their account for waiting.
1: That's incredible. And I think,
2: and that, and so the reason, the reason, and like, uh, you know, we haven't heard of another service companies doing, doing things like that. Um, but, but for us, we just, we want to, we want to make sure that we sort of like respect our customers time and internalize the costs for that waiting. So it would be quite easy for us to sort of, um, not make changes to the way we do things and leave people waiting for uh, for for longer all, all the time. Um, but now, now we can see how much it costs each. You know, if we ever have to send out more apologies, yeah, um, yeah. it'll mean that it'll mean that we uh, mean that we make sure we don't do it again.
1: <laughs> uh, that's. I think that's that's quite an amazing approach. I've, I don't think I've ever come across anything like that before from a customer service perspective. It's really impressive. Um I, I also noticed that Bulb is a B Corp which is similar to a benefit corp in the US what is what was it about the B Corp ethos that made you decide to register and and has it been a beneficial process for Bulb
2: We are huge fans of B Corp um we just think that the best is the, is the best thing ever um and we think everybody everyone should sign up to be, to be a B Corp or should should uh, yeah should work for a, at a B Corp or should buy products from B Corp's. Um, B Corp's are, uh, um, are businesses that have a, tr- a triple bottom line, people, planet and profit. Um, and I think their tagline is business is a force for good. And it actually, it's sort of, it's really similar to those four audiences exactly, that, we were, yeah. that, that I was talking about with bulb. so we, um, what happened with, with that? So basically, we wrote a blog post in the really early days, um, about those, those four audiences and how we thought about that. And I think somebody from B Corp found it and read it and sent us an email and said, have you heard of us? Would you can, you know, what do you think about becoming a B Corp? And for us, it was just, yeah, we just thought it was the best thing. So as soon as we found out about it, we signed up. Um, we, uh, we got, we got through, um, which is, which is really good cause it's not easy to qualify. Um, and then, and right now we're going through our, uh, our reassessment after two years, which is, which is great. And being a B Corp has just been so helpful for us because not only does it kind of like really crystallize what we stand for about business being a force for good, but also. Um, it means that we're constantly looking at this topic and trying to make ourselves better and better and better at it. And there are things on the B Corp assessment that we're uh, that we're not as good at, um, and that we can improve on, which is a which is a really good thing.
1: Absolutely, and I think as a consumer, to see the B Corp logo on your website just adds that extra level of trust. And just if you're, you know, you're trying to be a conscious consumer and don't have a ton of time to research and read all the blog articles and everything on the, on the Bulb website, that's an easy way to send the message that you stand for things that, that matter more than just profits, which is pretty cool.
2: And, it, and it's also, it's amazing because if, if another B Corp gets in touch with us and says, oh, do you want to partner up on this thing or, you know, can we, can we meet up and talk? You just, you always say yes, because you know that if they're a B Corp, they're going to be they're going to be a good company to work with.
1: Yeah, definitely. So,
2: um, yeah, we are big big fans of B Corp. Shout out, shout out to B Corp. Shout out to B Corp. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, there was also a recent article uh, from Virgin Energy that referred to Bulb as an activist brand, which I think is kind of an interesting idea. And the article was just sort of listed out a bunch of activist brands that are, I think the intent of the article was to highlight that there's more to just profit, so similar to what we've been talking about with B Corp. But I'm I'm interested in the concept of being an activist brand. To what extent do you do agree with Bulb being an activist brand?
2: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I that was yeah that was very flattering to be described as that. Um. I guess we one of the there is there are quite a few things that we that we we sort of uh that we want to that we want to change or make better um there's a lot of sort of there's a lot of political interest at the moment in the uk on how regulated energy prices should be and whether or not there should be a price cap um and so it's really fun to be able and really meaningful to, to to be able to contribute to that debate and uh and kind of um share our point of view on that. And I, I think sometimes, uh, uh, you know, in those types of decisions and it, uh, com- companies will just say what's best for them rather than maybe, um, thinking about what's best for everyone and consumers included. Um, which, which I think is for us it's important because that's one of the reasons why we're doing bold, right? We're not like we're a B Corp. So we want everything to, we, you know, we want, want things to be better. Um, one of the other, I guess, activist things that, that we do and that is, um, I'm really proud of is, is, uh, the gender pay gap.
1: Yes. I read Um, that. Very cool.
2: Yeah. I mean, so it's just quite, um, quite surprising that some energy companies have 20 more than a 20% pay gap. So that means that, uh, women in that company on average are paid 20% less than men, um, which, you know, I dunno, I would, would make, makes me quite angry because just the idea of, uh, people working one day a week for free, um, when, <laughs> when, when women working for one day a week for free, when the men are getting paid, just doesn't, doesn't seem right.
0: no um,
2: <laughs> and, and so, yeah, yeah, I mean, it would have to be anyway i don't yeah let's not talk about that <laughs> um, but, but but we uh but we we um we're really proud to sort of do things like publish our gender pay gap even though we're much much smaller uh than you need to be to publish it and um and we our hope is that if we publish ours uh it will encourage other companies oh by the way i our gender pay gap actually this isn't great either our gender pay gap is negative so women at bulb get paid something like two and a half percent more than men do oh wow um which i had to disclose Had to break it to to the guys that that was was the deal yeah um that's hilarious but 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 um (laughs) yeah it's great so uh so so i think if we can be an activist brand and sort of Prove that there's a different way of doing things, and you don't you don't have to don't have to adopt some of these sort of old old ways of of, uh, of getting things done. That you can you can do it maybe in a more progressive way. Then then that's a really good thing as well.
1: Absolutely. Well, it certainly seems that the culture at Bulb has been very very carefully developed with your team, uh, because everybody that I've dealt with there so far has been really just onto it, awesome and kind and just. Really cool. So I think you're doing a great thing there. Um, I'd love to know a little bit more about what's next for Bulb. Are there any exciting projects on the cards for 2018?
2: Yeah, there's some super exciting stuff. Um, What are we doing? So we're going to continue to grow and help our members reduce their bills um, and, and reduce their carbon emissions. And that's 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 a really that's just our focus. And we're really we think that if we really concentrate on those things and focus on it, then then we'll achieve it. Um, but there's also some really great stuff going on uh, elsewhere. So we are going to begin supplying um, homes that have these things called prepayment meters, uh, which are meters that you have to top up with a card uh, so that they work. And traditionally, homes with those meters have been overcharged for their energy. Mm. Um, and so we're really looking forward to changing that and, and introducing a really cost-effective tariff for those, um, those homes. Uh, there's another extremely exciting thing, um, which is smart metering. So, you know, how, uh, you have to sort of submit your meter readings when you're, when you're sort of Getting your bills or, or moving home, yeah, yeah, um, that's all going to change. We're going to install smart meters in people's homes so that those meter readings are sent to the to us and other energy suppliers automatically, and then it'll also mean that with that energy usage information, we can begin to give people some really good advice on how they can reduce their usage and if they reduce their usage then their bills will go down and their carbon emissions will go down so it's it's all the good it's all a sort of virtuous
0: cycle
1: that sounds like the dream Um,
0: (laughs) that really makes the ease of the whole process another another level
1: yes
2: exactly and and it should you know the idea of paying for something on a on an estimate is quite quite an odd thing imagine if you were in a imagine if you're in a supermarket and somebody just sort of estimated how much your how much your shopping trolley would cost yeah um you'd be a bit surprised so <laughs> so uh so yeah we're, we're looking forward to uh, we're looking forward to to installing those smart meters and then beginning to do some some really helpful things with the with the information that comes from those um and then uh yeah i think that's i think that's that's quite a lot for us to be
1: getting on yeah
0: that's quite a good fair bit. that's yeah that's super exciting and no doubt you will continue the exponential rise in customers joining bulb and we really look forward to to following your success on that one Hayden and just on a personal note any words of wisdom or inspiration to share with anyone who's thinking about or is in the process of getting their own startup off the ground uh (laughs) <laughs> i don't know, how,
2: don't know how wise uh i am um i would say that number one uh get as much advice as you possibly can because um people are there's people who've done it before people who are much smarter than you people who are re- and people are generally really really helpful and thoughtful with their advice so it can be uncomfortable sometimes, but go out and and put yourself out there and get advice from people as much as possible, and you'll be really surprised at how um, how many people reply and and sort of offer that advice. Uh, the second thing I would say is you have to kind of get comfortable and used to uh, learning new stuff all the time and constantly being on the. The sort of the envelope of your experience yeah. um what we've had with bulb has been it's just been such a privilege to to work with the team and do this do this job for for the last few years but it is probably the most intense learning environment and learning experience that you could have as an individual founding a founding a company is is a very uh is a is a very exciting um is a very exciting thing but you have to turn your hand to many many different areas many different topics and and learn how to do so many different things um i guess the third thing uh i would say is just like take loads of photos along the way because uh you know remember the remember the remember the moments like you know the old days yeah Um, yeah. uh, because i think it's nice to it's not because basically things change so quickly and you can forget uh, what it was, what it was like, just a, just a few months ago. Yeah. Um, so, so I
0: think that's another, that's another tip. Not sure how wise it is, but no, that's a special you know.
1: idea. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: I mean, your journey's been amazing. To your point earlier, when you mentioned it was just the two of you chatting on weekends. Now you have, I think you said, a hundred employees uh, with three hundred twenty thousand customers. Is is incredible.
2: Yeah, it's pretty it's it's it is incredible and uh, it's just it's just su- such a such a wonderful
0: team here to be to be a part of it is a yeah, is a real privilege. Oh, that's awesome. And any go-to recommendations Hayden for anyone who wants to learn more about the energy market? Any books or podcasts you think might be useful in that regard? Ooh, yeah. Um
2: I would say there's a book my favorite energy book is a book called the switch and it's by uh, a man called Chris Goodall and he wrote it a couple of years ago and it's all about, um, it's all about the unstoppable, uh, unstoppable sort of growth of solar energy and how renewables are going to, are, are going to take over. And so when, you know when sometimes you can be feeling a bit down in the dumps about, about donald trump and things like that <laughs> yeah. if you can sort of read the switch and and i know, I, yeah, I find that very reassuring that's, a good okay.
0: that's great we'll we'll be sure to pop that in the show notes so people can uh read more about that and to find bulb and how can they sign up hayden um bulb.co.uk simple
2: and, uh, yeah, it's just, you just, just find out how much it costs and get a quote It takes about, uh, takes about 30 seconds. And, um, you can also, the import the other thing is you can you know, you can look on the landing page and you can see all of the different energy suppliers, um, in the UK on that landing page. So if, if you decide that, uh, you know, you don't like us, you can find <laughs> out if there is, there's another supplier on there that might be right for you. I think that there's just, just all what you should, you should just always make a deliberate choice about where, you, where you're getting things from.
0: And, and so it, any switch at all is a good thing. Absolutely, for sure. And one last point, I, I know we're sort of getting closer to the hour now, but Bulb has a very innovative approach to PR, offering this referral program bonuses rather than earmarking huge marketing budgets. How do these referral yeah. programs work for anybody who's looking to join? So um, –
2: Yeah, I mean, we just we we thought that it would be better to uh, put our marketing budget in the pockets of our members rather than in the pockets of, I don't know, large, large media companies. Yeah. Um, So so that's uh, that's what we do. So, yeah, if you have a friend that's a member of Bold, you can use their referral link and you'll both get 50 pounds off um, off your bills which for that, yeah, when that, when that sign up completes yeah. and there's no limit to the number of referrals that people can make. So we have some members who have, you know, they have a lot of friends and they've <laughs> managed to sign up quite, quite a few of them and they won't be paying an energy bill for a very long
0: time. Brilliant.
1: That's genius. Yeah. Oh,
0: that's fantastic. Yeah. And obviously bulbs on, on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, would you mind just giving us the handles for those?
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so Twitter is at bulb energy. Uh Instagram. We're a bit sleepy on Instagram. We haven't posted some stuff in a while, but that's um it's got a good handle. It's bulbstagram. <laughs> um and then I think on Facebook, if you just type in Facebook.com slash bulb, you might you might get to us. Perfect. Yeah, okay. we'll
0: put those links in. Great. Yeah, we'll definitely put those links in for all the listeners. Yeah. And, and Hayden, thank you so much for the time and this incredibly interesting discussion as i said earlier joy and i will be following your no doubt huge success and beyond in 2018 and uh, we wish you all the best
2: that's a pleasure thank you very much for having me i'll be following your podcast series with great interest <laughs> thank you
1: thank you and any advice that you're willing to share would always be appreciated as well of course it's
2: been great thank you so much it's really good to speak and good luck
1: thank you so much aiden really appreciate it Hey you, thanks for joining us for this discussion with Hayden Wood. We think it's the beginning of the new world and are excited to follow this inspiring startup's movements as they change the state of energy in the UK. If you're keen to know more about Hayden and Bulb, head over to bulb.co.uk and if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. See you next time.